In our world of conflicts, pandemics, and upheaval, music is one thing that has the power to transform youth, communities, and countries. Music is a powerful force in individual development academically, emotionally, and socially. Participating in choirs and instrumental ensembles builds community, communication, and compassion. It heals young people from trauma and gives them hope and self-confidence. In 1985, Connie Fortunato began conducting music camps in the United States and then in 2002 founded her international children's charity, Music Camp International. So I want to welcome to the Unconventional Ministry podcast, Connie Fortunato, and we're going to talk a little bit about music. Sounds great. My favorite topic. It seems that way as I read so much about what you are doing. Of course, this is the Unconventional Ministry podcast, and I'm Dennis Weens, your host, Senior Impact Catalyst at Sat7 USA. Uh, Connie, a little bit about your background. Um, You've been involved in music for quite some time now. Uh, You have a passion to inspire children to dream big and then work hard to achieve what they dream. Uh, You believe that all children are talented and when involved in dynamic and positive learning environments, they can break through the limitations of a system or a society that fails to connect them with their inner giftedness. So let's just start a little bit about your background. How did you get involved in uh, music? Oh, how did I get involved in music? Well, I came from a very musical family. And so by the time I was five, I wanted my mother to teach me how to play the piano. And then by the time I was 10, I wanted to sing. And by the time I was in high school, I was in a a wonderful show group called Triple Trio. And my choir director made me her student conductor. And she was, uh, along with my piano teacher, two very uh, strong influences in my life, shaping the way I would think, probably the way that I uh, approach children and teaching, and definitely cultivating the love of music that I have had all my life. And you're doing so much work with uh, orphans, refugees in places like Ukraine and Romania. Uh, just amazing the power of music. What did you notice back when you started this Music Camp International? What did you notice that you could help uh, so many children by using music? Oh, what a great question. Uh, I went to Romania because I had seen a, a television special on the plight of the Romanian orphans. About 300,000 Americans watched that television program, and probably all of us, but definitely me. Um, I sat in my living room and just sobbed. I had never seen anything quite so devastating to see children kept in cages like animals, treated uh, as they though they were not intelligent. And about 150,000 Americans were motivated and inspired to go to Romania and adopt children. I It grabbed me in a different way. I wanted to go and heal them in their context. And I knew that if I could give them the gift of music, they would be healed in their context. So I mean, I taught children who had only ever used their voices to make animal sounds. I taught them to sing. I taught them the alphabet. I taught them to count. I taught them to sit in chairs. I taught them to work together. And what I saw happen in 
front of my eyes was astonishing. And probably the person who was changed the most was me. And uh, it wasn't more than a year that I found myself beginning to incorporate children who had a traditional background. And I found that they worked together well and that children healed children and that through community and through communication, we could build compassion. And it just began a domino effect that has grown now. We're in our 21st, 22nd year. Right. And you started music camps in the United States, and now your Music Camps International. What is it about music that has this power to heal? Oh, wow. Well, a lot of things. Some of it you alluded to in your introduction. One of the things that we know about music that I think is so key to understanding that is music is the one thing we have that penetrates all areas of the brain. Uh, You mentioned how, I mean, it's cognitive, it requires thinking, but it's also very emotional and uh, helps our affective development. It's also very psychomotor and involves physical skills. So it, it is a unifying force in the uh, development of the child as exactly as you referred to, but it also has this unique quality That if one chamber of the brain doesn't work, it might mean that you don't learn music that way, but it doesn't mean that you don't learn music. You just go through another chamber and learn it a different way. And by teaching in a multi-methodology, you can incorporate all chambers of the brain. It's why, I mean, you look at seniors who are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia And they may not know your name, even if you're their child. But if you begin to sing to them, they can remember music that they learned, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, because it goes through a different chamber in the brain. And it's the thing that gives music so many possibilities in child development and in academic development and in that emotional healing that is so important, especially these days. So for the orphan or the refugee that really doesn't have a giftedness in music, they can still benefit from these music uh, camps that you do, right? Absolutely. The thing that I have found over the many, many years that I've taught children, and it, it happened when I began as a private piano teacher, I would have children whose parents would come to me and they would say, oh, my child is so musically gifted. Would you take them as a student? And I would have other parents come to me and say, you know, I don't really think my child has any musical talent at all, but I think music is important. So would you take them as a student? Side by side, the children were equally talented. The difference was not in the child. The difference was in the perception of the parent. And so many times we limit the definition of what we consider to be musical talent. Uh, When I started working in Eastern Europe, a very small percentage of the children uh, are designated as musically talented. Well, I can tell you after teaching about 50,000 of them, the difference is in the perception of the teacher, not in the children. The children are talented. The question is not, whether or not they are talented, but 
how are they talented? Right. Howard Gardner always said, if we ask the wrong question, we get the wrong answer every time. So if you say to a child, how smart are you? Or how smart is this child? We've asked the wrong question. We'll get the wrong answer. The right question is, how is this child smart? And when we answer that question, then we can teach them effectively. Music is exactly the same way. This is fascinating. And talk to us a little bit about these music camps you're doing all around Ukraine. Uh, what does a music camp look like? Help our podcast listeners to understand music camps and how you're organizing in these different countries. I think that'd be fascinating for people. And then the second, the follow-up question is, how can our podcast listeners be involved in what you are doing? Okay. Well, of course, right now with the war, I'm not doing music camps in Ukraine as we speak. I have an office in Kiev. I have done music camps in probably every major city in Ukraine. Uh, I've worked in Romania for 30 years. Typically, a music camp is a six-day program. We work with middle schoolers specializing between the ages of 12 and 16. That doesn't mean if they've been in music camp that by the time they're 16, we make them graduate and go away. We embrace them and let them be part of us. But typically, we'll go in. They, there is no pre-selection. And one of the things I believe passionately is that all children have music inside the question is not, do they have music inside? The question is, am I good enough to get it out? Can I provide the stimulus, the uh, confidence, the environment, the motivation, the inspiration, and the learning sequences that brings out what I know they have inside? Typically, we'll have anywhere from 200 to 400 children come for six days. Like I say, not pre-selected, they sign up because they want to be there. We will take that total number, divide it in half randomly. While half of them are in choir, half of them are in instrument in instruction. I would say about 85 to 90% of the children that come to music camp have never touched an instrument in their life. So this is brand new for them. We teach them the very basic skills. We typically have 10 instrument classes, uh, soprano, alto, tenor, recorder, guitar, or percussion instruments, violin, viola, cello, hand chimes, and hand bells. We give them very beginning rudimentary skills, but the, the patterns that they play are extracted from a masterwork a piece by Bach or Beethoven or Handel or something like that. So that when we put those little segments together, what I do is I then encase that segment with a philharmonic orchestra playing the real deal. Maybe it's Mozart's Ina Klein and Noct music. So these children in six days play a simple pattern that allow them to become an ensemble with a Philharmonic Orchestra. It is incredibly inspirational. In choir, they learn to sing probably five or six songs. Usually we sing in three or four languages. Of course, always their national language and always English. Then frequently either Latin or French 
or German or um, another language like that. At the end of six days, these 200 or 300 or 400 children give a concert in a local concert hall accompanied by a local professional orchestra. Usually I hire members from the local Philharmonic orchestras. Again, the inspiration is so powerful and the young people doing this together, it changes them forever. So while one camp is going, you know, three, 400, are you doing this in multiple locations at the same time? Or is there just one camp at one time in one location? Oh, that's a great question. Right now, it is one camp in one location. However, we are very aggressive in our team development because exactly what you mentioned, I want to get to the place where we can do international festivals, maybe with a few thousand children and a Philharmonic Orchestra by and bring together, maybe we'll have five music camps in Romania or five in Poland, or as soon as we can go back, we'll definitely do five or 10 or more in Ukraine and then bring those young people together into a major national event. We'll have to bring you to the Middle East because the minister I'm with, Sat7, we're broadcasters in the Middle East. We could put you on satellite, put these kids on satellite. That'd just be an amazing opportunity. I want to share with our podcast listeners that in May of 2014, you were named the Honorary Ambassador of Peace for Ukraine. And that's a great honor. And it really speaks to the power of what you are doing to help uh, so many children. And this methodology that you have to allow all children, not just those ones perceived to be gifted in music, but every child, every orphan, every refugee is included in what you're doing. So congratulations on that. How can podcast listeners be involved in what you're doing? Oh, there's lots of ways. Um, First of all, I have um, a fairly good presence online. Uh, The parent company for Music Camp International uh, is called Canticum Novum International, which is Latin for new song. And it's because Canticum Novum International actually has two divisions. Music Camp International is our on-location division, and Musetics International is our virtual division because we do teach virtually. And we do that so that we can reach orphans, we can reach children that that I would never be able to get to. So one of the first things that your listeners could do is be a referral. And if you know a child or children between the ages of 12 and 19, and they would like to do ensemble music, we have choir, we have instruments, um, I would love to have you contact me. You can do that through the website. If you know of orphanages, uh, we are right now working in four orphanages in India. We are working with um, a community of young people in Kenya. So one of the great things that your listeners could do would be to be a referral. Uh, The second thing that they could do, uh, depending on their own situation, is that they could sponsor either an orphanage or a small group of children like at a community center, provide uh, like a class or choir chaperone. When I put, we have groups 
with a maximum of five called a micro music hub. And if we put, say, five children, either from a community center or from an orphanage or from a village or from a church or from anywhere, we need a chaperone to just be with them. They don't have to be musicians. We take care of that. Um, They might have to do minimal translation. So they would need to understand English and be able to translate it. We like the children to have a basic English um, competency. Uh, Those are two things. Are all kinds of openings in terms of if you play an instrument and are a, um, a trained teacher, we do our own specialized teacher training that really brings to the forefront these approaches that I've spoken about. But at, but I listed the classes. Anybody that teaches any of those, because we work in all time zones, we need teachers from all time zones. So that would be another way that your listeners could participate. Very good. And the website is just Google Music Camp International. And it will take you to the website. And from there, you get to these other entities and read some of the stories. Uh, So that's the place to start. Uh, Get on the website. And then across the top, there's different tabs. Yes. And and you can navigate through some of the different opportunities. So, Connie, this is fascinating to see how you're using music in such a powerful way. Is there a story or two that stands out that you could share with our podcast uh, listeners? What, what I'll do is I think I'll tell you the story of one of the children who was very influential because of the dramatic change in his life that really solidified for me, this is my life calling. This is what I was created to do. I was doing a project in Romania and I was working at an orphanage and um, just again, randomly with the children, I hadn't done any pre-selection. And one little boy just had so much trouble making a pitch. If I would sing, ooh, he might go, ah, or something like that. And I thought, oh, my, how do I do this? So I tried lots of different games and bouncing basketballs and all kinds of things. And um, finally, he, he matched a pitch. And then probably one or two days later, I was working with him and he sang the beginning of a classical piece of music. It was a piece by Saison, a French composer, and it was from his Christmas oratorio. Magnificent piece of classical music and it starts out really high. And um, so I I had this young boy sing. I said, RP, I want you to listen and sing this. And he did it note perfectly. And I was like stunned. I was so stunned that when I saw the orphanage director that night, I said, guess who found their singing voice today? And she asked me. And when I told her, she said, no, no, you must have the wrong child. That's not possible. And I said, no, I'm I'm sure it's not the wrong child. I'm sure that's who it is. She said, do you know his story? And I said, no, I don't know anything about him. And she said, this boy's father tried to murder him by pouring acid down his throat. He had murdered his brother, and when he came to murder him, the child ran. And he came, and he was taken to a hospital in Hungary. Wow. They said, don't. 
we this the orphanage had gone and said we want to take this boy and give him a home and give him a family and everything and they said don't take him he will die and the orphanage leader insisted no we we want this child we will take him and she said we had to teach him how to speak and now you're telling me he has learned to sing and one year later that child was on the stage of the Crystal Cathedral in Los Angeles, California, singing for an international telecast with a Philharmonic Orchestra behind him. Wow, you've given hope to so many. This is an amazing story, and you probably have many other stories like this. So, uh, Connie, thanks for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Okay, I encourage you to go to Music Camp International, look at the pages, look at the opportunities, get involved in this amazing work that Connie's doing. So again, uh, thank you for joining the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my honor. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm -hmm.